1: God wants to raise up an army of believers whose prayer shakes the nation and the nations of the world. God wants you to shake the evil out of its dwelling place in your family, in your workplace, in the nation. Prayers Heard in Heaven is a teaching ministry, teaching God's people to pass blessings with prayer. In the fifth chapter of James, the Bible tells us to pray for one another, that we may be healed, and that the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much." The following program, Prayers Heard in Heaven, with speaker and teacher Valerie Sneed, will help you learn to pray fervently and effectively and truly see results in prayer. Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven starts now. Well, hello and warmest
2: Christian greetings and God bless you. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray. Well, before we begin our lesson today, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's acknowledge him. Heavenly Father, who rules the heavens and the earth, there is none like you. If you were to come down from heaven, the mountains would melt beneath your feet and flow like wax in a fire, like water pouring down a steep place. You are most awesome and truly superior in all of your ways. We ask you today to bless us. We ask that uh, what we hear today would go forth, Lord God, Father. But we want to hear what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Our spirit cries, Abba, Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. We bless your holy name. You're so awesome. In the name of all things holy and pure, Christ our Lord, amen. Now we can begin. The title of today's lesson is The Golden Key, and I'm just so excited about bringing this lesson to you today. I want to tell you something, how I came to the life of prayer that I have. It was the oddest but simplest thing, turning of events in my life. When I was about 16 years old, unbeknownst to me, one ordinary day, a door opened in my life that set the tone for the duration of my days on earth. I was about 16 years old, and I had been sheltered. I wasn't like many, you know, the kids my age at 16. I was still a very, very innocent 16. Well, this particular day, I was waiting for my mother to pick me up from church. It was a Sunday afternoon, and I had went to a youth group meeting at church. And as I stood there waiting for her to pull up in her car, I noticed a stand of pamphlets, in the hallway, in the church. And I'm just kind of there hanging out, waiting on her to pick me up. But well, there was a box. And, you know, this box had these pamphlets in it. And then there was a small box um, next to the pamphlets. And it said, free, or you could put in a love offering. I don't recall if I placed a quarter or a nickel or something <laughs> in the box. I mean, I'm 16 years old. I don't have a job. So I don't recall if I did or not. However, what I do recall is the next event's that changed my life. As I stood there, I saw a title and it was on a, a little booklet and it said the golden key. That was intriguing to me. What was the golden key? I stood there looking at this booklet. And so I took the booklet because, you know, it's free or, or offering little love offering. And I placed it in my shoulder bag. And not too long after that, My mother came by to pick me up in the car and I I got in the car, but I just couldn't wait. I'm talking to her on the way home, but I just can't wait to get home because I want to find out what the golden key is, you know. So, you know, I kind of in my mind, I'm thinking golden scepters, kings and princesses and treasures, you know, a fairy tale kind of thinking is going through my mind. So I want to know what's the golden key we arrived home, and as soon as, you know, she unlocked the door, I ran quickly upstairs to my room, and I remember jumping on the bed and laying across the bed, and I began to read. What's the golden key, I thought. I mean, the author just couldn't tell me fast enough. Well, you would not believe what the golden key is. Well, as I continued to read, I found out that the golden key was prayer. I pondered that thought. But by the time I finished the booklet, I was convinced that prayer was the golden key to life. Unbeknownst to me, God had just changed my life. And I would never forget that prayer is a golden key to life. God had then began a new work in me. And he defined my life's journey, that it would be a journey of prayer with him. As I walk through this lifetime, I hope today that when you lift up holy hands and you speak to the Father, that now you will know you are turning life's golden key when you pray, because the golden key is prayer. Jesus said it, and he said it this way. He said, I give unto you the keys of the kingdom. Whatsoever you shall bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever you loose on earth, it shall be loosed in heaven. Prayer will bind and stop the enemy in his tracks. Heaven's going to back you up when you pray. That's what he's saying. There will be a shift on earth that you see in earth's circumstances when you pray. I can tell you that when you pray, just according to the scripture, he's saying that you're going to release a tremendous power. Well, in understanding this, your prayers go to a new level. Remember, we talked about this before, that prayer is a weapon of war. And I've got to convince God's people of that. It's vitally important that the church understands the power that we have in prayer. Prayer has a dynamic ability to strike. Prayer is not a weapon of defense. And you hear me say that time and time again, prayer is a weapon of war. War is combat, fighting, it's battle, it's military action. Defense is resisting, rationalizing, guarding, protecting. Prayer is not a weapon of defense. It is a weapon of war. God wants you to take prayer as the golden key in life and pray extraordinary prayers. We're focusing now going beyond ordinary prayer. We're talking about prayer that shakes the nation. Prayers that causes sons and daughters to be delivered from drug addiction. Prayer that pulls down strongholds of the enemy. Prayer that increases in its intensity when the answer does not come right away. I'm talking about turning to the source, your father, child of God. Can you pray when you are desperate? And all your strength is gone from you. Remember, that's what we talked about with David. Remember when him and his men had returned to zigzag and everything had been burned to the ground and they had taken their families, David's wives and and his men. They had taken their families, the children, young and old captive. Remember that in the Bible? All their belongings, everything had been burned to the ground and they killed no one. But they took the women the children young and old they took them away captive ah oh, remember david's men and david and his men they wept until they were weak oh i know you we've talked about this before i just want to remind you for just a moment as we move forward the atmosphere must have been ignited with anger as they wept they after that remember they decided they were gonna, they're going to they're going to stone david to death So the atmosphere is charged with anger and confusion, now hatred and murder. Can you imagine David's shock when his men that he trusted turn against him? God wants you to be like David. When all seems lost and your closest friends, business associates, family members, co-workers, maybe even your spouse deserts you. Are you in that place right now? Well, you'll have to be like David. David knew that he could turn to God. David knew that God would empower him. He knew that prayer was a weapon of war. Recall when David inquired of God and he said, shall I pursue? Will I overtake? He not only asked him, should I go after them? But if I go after them, will I overtake them? The Bible says God answered. And remember what he said? He said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. Again, I say prayer is a weapon of war. It is not a weapon of defense. The body of Christ has to take hold of the golden key. Our prayer life has to be so strong. We can no longer keep it a secret. Prayer is the golden key, and we are the only people on earth have the power to turn that key through Christ Jesus. The Bible says that we are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Jesus wants us to pray in the same dominant, limitless dimension that he taught and demonstrated. The dimension of prayer that Jesus taught gave clear evidence and proof that nothing is impossible with God. Jesus wants us to live from that position of faith, a position of power, of supernatural power, living in a place where through prayer all things are possible. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Remember Peter, one of the disciples of Jesus? Remember when the disciples were in the upper room? where Jesus taught them how to access the powerful dimension of prayer. That was before Jesus ever left and proceeded to go to Calvary. Then after that, the Holy Spirit visited them in the upper room. But Peter learned something when Jesus was ministering to them. John 14, 13 tells us the words that Jesus spoke. These words had to pierce the atmosphere in the upper room. Charging it with power from on high. He said this. He said, whatever, whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Peter knew when he commanded healing, using the name of Jesus, that he was placing the power of that name as authority over the situation. And the authority of that name would manifest healing. May I paraphrase for you for just a moment. Remember the lame man who was begging for money? And Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Peter didn't pray a lengthy prayer. He spoke in faith to the lame man. He used the power and authority that's in the name of Jesus. And the man was healed. He took him by his right hand, the Bible said, and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and his ankles, his bones received strength. And he went into the temple with them, leaping and praising God. Oh, my goodness. There's a promise in the word of God in Ephesians six ten, and that promise says that he gives us power and authority over all the works of the enemy. I want to tell you something that happened really quick. I was leaving Nashville, Tennessee, and I had boarded the plane, and a young lady in the ministry was with me, named LaQuita. And when we got onto the plane, I want to kind of refresh your memory. I think I've talked about her a bit. Different miracles that have happened in the ministry. She was shot in the head as a nine-month-old baby. It was an accident. You know, a relative was cleaning the gun, and the bullet went through the back of her head behind the ear and came out the other side. Well, she was colorblind all of her life, and she joined the ministry. Remember, God added two colors per month, and she's no longer colorblind. Well, we were leaving Nashville, Tennessee, and when we boarded the plane and she was seated next to me, she said, oh, my goodness, she said, I have to tell you something. She said, I lost my peripheral vision on this side. And I said, but but wait a minute, you've never had peripheral vision, right? And she said, no, no, I always had peripheral vision only on my right side. But now I've lost it on my left side. And, And when she said that quickly, I recalled when we were working at the office and she would leave and try to cross the street and almost get struck by a car because she didn't have peripheral vision or on the plane. And, and right there, my mind is racing. And, uh, you know, I turned to her and I just said to her in the name of Jesus, be healed in the name of Jesus. Sight restored in the mighty name of Jesus be healed in the name of Jesus. As I placed my hand on her head, Her peripheral vision was restored on her left side within minutes. God wants you to take authority in the spirit realm over earthly conditions, establishing the power and the authority of Jesus name wherever you go. When the disciples went about healing the sick, taking power and authority over earthly situations, multitudes of people came to know Christ and they gave their life over after Jesus had made his ascension. In the day that we live, isn't it exactly the same situation? Jesus has made his ascension. The power and the authority of his name is still the golden key that's in your hand to do mighty demonstrations of the power of God, proving to the world that Jesus is who he said he is, and that God raised him from the dead. God is raising up an army of believers who will walk in the power of his word with demonstrations of the power of God that will follow those who truly believe. Maybe you want to believe, but you don't. Maybe you keep trying, but it isn't happening. You want to have faith, but you just don't really have it. I want to call to your remembrance when Peter saw the lame man at the gate beautiful and he was begging for money. Peter did not stop and ponder whether or not God was willing to heal the man. He knew. Peter had been with Jesus. He knew that God wanted the man healed. I want to show you how to step into the miraculous. I want to give you just a short little, a few steps, a short little outline to boost your faith and your belief through the roof. You see, most people try to believe on their own and they'll say, well, I'm trying, but just, well, well, I'm not able to do it. Or they'll say, I have faith. Well, I think I do. But when circumstances arise, their faith fails. Well, I want to explain to you what happens because they're trying to have faith on their own. They don't have it. They're trying to be strong on their own. But Ephesians 610 says this, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This is a command. When our trust and our faith is in the father, he promises us great power to overcome evil. Sickness is evil. Drug addiction is evil. Betrayal is evil. Adultery is evil. Murder is evil. Lying is evil when someone lies on you. Theft, that's evil too. He said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. These words are a promise of power, and they belong to anyone that believes who is a child of God. You are blessed. I want to show you how to step into the miraculous, miracle-working power of God. This holy day season, before you go to bed at night, it's, it's so simple to begin to step into the miraculous. See, most people can't believe because they don't spend time in the miraculous often enough. So each night before you go to bed, take nine or ten minutes of your time and set a special time to do this. And remember, don't be late, not one minute late. Remember to repent before you go to God, if you need to repent. And forgive, 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 because unforgiveness will ground your prayers and they will not have any power. Then after you forgive, sing a worship song. You know, something that has to do with this miraculous season that we celebrate at this time of year. Maybe it's a way in the manger. It's a holy song. Then go to the prophecy of Christ. Maybe it's Luke 1, 26 to 38. We were the angel visits Mary and announces that she will have the son of the most high God. Matthew one eighteen tells of the birth of Christ. Maybe Luke 2, 8 shepherds are in the field. Visit the Old Testament, the prophecy of the coming of Christ. 600 years before he is born, it is prophesied. Read Isaiah's prophecy of the coming of Christ. When you step into the miraculous, your faith begins to rise. You will not try to have faith. You will not wonder if one day you're praying and will an angel come and visit you. You won't have any doubt when someone says to you, I was praying and an angel of the Lord came and stood by my side. You won't doubt these things because you will experience it yourself. We don't pray for angels to come and visit. We don't pray to have visitations because, you know, sometime it'll happen too soon and you'll be awfully frightened. So we don't pray for those things to happen. We just step into the miraculous It lifts the level of our faith. We won't try to believe. We will believe. You see, we can read through the Bible, but if we don't visit and focus on the miraculous, our faith is running really low. Our belief is at an all-time low. In order for you to see mighty, powerful demonstrations of the power of God through your prayer, you must step into the miraculous. And if you would do this, this holy season, maybe from now, the time that you hear this lesson, maybe over until January 6th or 7th, every night before bed, you are stepping into the miraculous birth of Christ. Maybe you're reading in the book of Luke, you know, it's often called the Magnificat where Mary is talking to Elizabeth, but she's expressing her gratitude for the angel coming and telling her, that she is going to have this miraculous child, this birth. And she's saying, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. And so as you read through that in the book of Luke, you are focusing on the miraculous. And I'm trying to tell you that when you need faith, you won't be trying to get it. When you need to believe, you won't be striving to believe. It'll be something that rises up in your spirit And, you will know, nobody will have to convince you that what you are asking God to do, you'll know that he's able to do it. It'll come from deep within you. You see, the Bible says deep calleth unto deep. So it'll rise from deep within you. Because from deep in your spirit, you will connect with the deep power of God. And so, from the depth of your spirit, that's where we make our connection with God. It doesn't come from something outer, it comes from deep within. It comes from what's been deposited into our spirit. That's why Jesus said, When my word abides in you, and you abide in my word. You will ask what you will. And then he tells us, he tells us it's going to manifest. He says, I'm going to give it to you. But you have to be able to have faith to believe because the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so if you're wondering why some people have such tremendous faith and they are able to believe, I'm telling you. They understand the experience that Mary had. They understand and they visit what happened in the book of Luke. They have focused their attention there. And when we do, our faith rises up and nothing is impossible with God. And when a circumstance comes into your life or in the life of someone whom you love, you are able to pray Prayers that have extraordinary power, the power to heal, the power to transform, the power to change circumstances, the power that rules over evil. That's the power that God has invested in you and no one else has that power, the power to pray and shake the nation. That's the power that you possess. Child of God and prayer is that golden key. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's
1: people to pray. You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.